This episode of the Nerd Cave Retro is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash nerdcave. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. Greetings, programs, and welcome back to the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And I'm Derek Diamond. So, it's been a few weeks since we've actually gotten to talk to each other, because we uh, we backloaded a bunch of episodes for October, <laughs> and uh, looks like November's going to be just as busy, because uh, I got a few projects coming up, so I hope we don't have to miss any shows, but if we do, we will let you know beforehand. But my name is Jason Robbins. And I'm Derek Diamond. So Derek, what you been up to the last few weeks? You know, it's funny you mentioned that whole thing because I had to go back and listen to last week's episode to remember what your voice sounded like. That, that's how long it's been since we've talked. <laughs> yeah, we had like three weeks of episodes built up. So it was weird on Sunday nights. I was sitting here like 730 rolls around and I'm like, what do I do? <laughs> yeah, know? it's like I, I have I have time. Yeah. Well, I have time to do something. How do I fill this time I have? Uh, but no, it's been uh, it's been an interesting couple of weeks for me. I was out on vacation at the end of October, went on a cruise, which was very nice. Uh, rained pretty much the whole time, but that was okay because I spent most of the time um, in shade, just wow. listening to music, relaxing. So awesome. Um, all in all, really fun trip. We were gone for... I think five days and then came back, um, almost wrapped up the sound editing for, uh, for survey. So that, that, that'll be nice when all that's completely done. Mm-hmm. Um, ha- I've had, as we were talking off air, I've had kind of a, a stressful week due to, uh, things I won't mention on the show, but things that, you know, you know about, but, mm-hmm. um, I, it, it'll, it'll get better. I, I, I will say at the end of this show, I've got a couple of announcements to make, uh, about my other show that I think people will enjoy. So how have you been the last couple of weeks? Good, man. It's been a lot of, uh, a lot of stress. I, I told you about some things that have happened <laughs> that are out of my control, um, that have been a- affecting my everyday life. Uh, but <clears throat> I, I, I did myself a favor yesterday and uh, to, to, I need to de-stress, and that, and that, and that's what it really boils down to. Is I'm so stressed out lately, and um, I needed some stress relief. So I broke down yesterday and got myself a Nintendo Switch. I saw that. That's and, fantastic. Uh, I bought Breath of the Wild. I had to make a, a big decision in the store because I went to Target yesterday. And uh, we just went for some toiletry items. You know, I was there for some underarm deodorant and we had to get like some some toilet paper and stuff like that. And I was like, you know what, let's go. Let's go check out the uh, the electronic section because I actually went to see if they had some Super Nintendo classics and um, I got back there. They didn't have any classics, but they were loaded with switches. And I was like, hmm, I really want to get a switch. And I kind of talked myself out of it. 
It's like, no, I need to wait. I need to wait till Christmas. Maybe I'll get some Christmas money and I'll have a little extra cash. And, um, but I, and my wife was like, look, you never buy anything for yourself. It's good to splurge every once in a while. And she was like, you've been wanting one for months. Just go ahead and get it. So then I had to make the decision. Do I get the, uh, the Mario Odyssey bundle or do I get Breath of the Wild and just a plain Nintendo Switch? Um, which I really like the plain, the, the black and gray Switch. So I got that one with uh, Breath of the Wild. And what have been your thoughts on Breath of the Wild so far? It is so good. This Isn't is the, it? it? This is the gaming experience I've been wanting for so long now. And of course, brought to me by Nintendo. Uh, it's just... If you like games like, um, I mean, if you, of course, if you like the Zelda franchise and or you like RPGs, like action RPGs, Zelda is the the granddaddy of them all. You can't get any better than Zelda games, and this one is everything that I thought it would be. Um, I've been playing it for roughly four to five hours now since yesterday, and um, I just got off the plateau. And I'm making my way to uh, what's it called, like Kakariko Village or whatever. Mm -hmm. Your your yep. first mission. Um, so I'm right at that point right now. And I'm um, actually as soon as we're done here tonight, I'm gonna go get about another hour in before I have to go to bed. Yeah, Breath of the Wild is, is such a good game. You know, it, it's one of those that it's the only other gaming comparison I have to Ocarina of Time. Because I, I say, you know, one of my favorite gaming moments is when you leave the Kakairi Forest in Ocarina of Time and you see the open Hyrule field in 3D. Yeah. Well, and likewise, when you go off of the plateau in Breath of the Wild and you just see how huge this place is, it, it really kind of takes your breath away. Yeah, in it's, a sense, because it's ridiculous it, it's, how big it, this game is. And there's still so much to do, you know, like I, I've beat the main quest, but there's still so many things that I can do that I haven't gone back and done yet. You'll be busy with that game for a long, long time. Oh, I hope so. Perfect. That's that's one of the main reasons I got it for. I need something to kind of allow myself to decompress because I don't really have much of those decompression type of experiences anymore. And uh, I really need it because my stress levels are off the charts. And um mm -hmm. You know, I just need something to kind of distract me. And uh, I'm really excited that I got the the Switch. This is the first console I've gotten probably since the Xbox 360 that I've been this excited about um, after purchasing it. Like, I had a moment, just a, a moment of buyer's remorse where I was like, oh, I really shouldn't have gotten this right now. But then I got home, hooked it up. As soon as I put in Breath of the Wild, I was like, no, nope, totally worth it. Oh, for sure. Absolutely, for sure. Uh, likewise, um, you mentioned that you were having a debate between Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey, mm -hmm. which came out right when I got back from vacation. Well, I picked up Mario Odyssey, and I will say that it's really, really good. It's probably, as far as 3D Mario games go, it's right below Mario 64, in that's my how, opinion. That's like what I've been hearing about that. It's better than Sunshine. It's better than either of the Galaxy games. This is the closest thing we've got to Mario 64 since 
Mario 64 itself. The whole element with you know throwing the hat and being able to transform into different things is fantastic. Um, just in, like in one of the first levels, you see a sleeping T-Rex, and you sneak up on it, you throw your hat at it, and you transform into a giant T-Rex and then just wreck stuff. <laughs> That's it, awesome. It's awesome. It, but it's cool, you know, playing as like a Goomba, like a Hammer Brothers, some of the classic Mario enemies. And then there's new ones, too, like you can uh, take control of a tank, um, all kinds of cool stuff. And I'll say that my my favorite level so far, I don't want to completely give it away for um, for people who haven't played it yet. But there's um, there's different kingdoms that you go to and you collect uh, power moons which is basically like they're the Odyssey version of the stars you had to collect in uh, Mario 64. Well, the Retro Kingdom, uh, not Retro Kingdom, but Metro Kingdom, mm-hmm. um, I'm thinking of the name of the show, um, but uh, the mayor of the city is Mario's old girlfriend from the original Donkey <laughs> Kong game, Pauline. <laughs> That's awesome. And I think it's the first game that she's been in since the original Donkey Kong game. I think you're right. And it's a really cool moment when those two like reunite. It's really cool. See, but it's I, all in all, it's a it's a really, really fun game. I really that's that game's probably gonna be my next purchase. Uh, and like I said, it was a really hard decision to try to you know, make a dec- I had to make the decision between Mario or Zelda, and I knew I've been wanting Zelda since the day it came out, and I was like, you know what, I need to just start with Zelda and then move forward from there. No, I I totally agree with that. But I love it. I I'm, I'm so happy that I got the Switch, and uh, I was you know honestly I was kind of worried about the uh, the controller. I thought maybe that uh you know the controller that comes with it that you snap the um what do you call them the Joy-Cons into. Yes. Uh I actually thought it was going to be too small for me, but it it's actually kind of nice. Um I almost got the uh, the Pro controller, but I was like, "Nah, I'm going to try this one out first before I I move forward with a Pro controller." But actually I I think I'm going to just stick with the one that came with the Switch. The Pro Controller is cool. The only problem with it is that it's very expensive. Mm. It's more expensive than the actual games. I think the controller is like 70 bucks. Yeah, I think you can get one that plugs in for like 20 or 25 something like that. Uh, if you I think go you're that right. Route. But if you want to get the, the wireless, it's like 70 I think it was like 69 bucks, 69.99 at yeah. Target. But no, I'm, I'm glad that you're enjoying Zelda and enjoying the Switch. Like it... it it shocked me whenever you texted me the picture and said that you got it. And I was, I was excited to hear your thoughts on, on breath of the wild, especially. Well, trust me, me too. I, I, I had no idea I was going to walk out of target with a, a Nintendo switch yesterday. Like we were, like I said, we were just going for like basic toiletry items and I walk out with a switch and I'm like, what happened? Where'd this come from? <laughs> That's how it That's usually happens though. Yeah. But, uh, but let's go ahead and move into news for this week. You know what? I had the article pulled up. Let me pull it up again. Here it is uh, from techspot.com. Amazon creates a new department dedicated to retro gaming. 
um <clears throat> this is actually kind of cool uh i actually took a look at the site um it is called retro zone and you can get to it uh there's a link in the article here on TechSpot. Uh, and it says, uh, Amazon has jumped on the bandwagon with a whole section of its website devoted to retro gaming. It's called Retro Zone. The department is all about retro gaming, but it does not just list games. It has clothes, toys, action figures, and even books, all dedicated to games from the 80s and 90s. Uh, you can still find classics from various ancient consoles, Sonic, uh, Sega Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, Atari's Missile Command, other arcade classics like SNK's Metal Slug are available. Some are even free. Um, but it's important to note that these games are, from, are the mobile versions from the Amazon App Store. Uh, antique console owners need not despair as you haven't been forgotten. If you have been yearning to play Star Fox again, you can buy a brand new cartridge of the European version for only 490 bucks with free shipping. What a bargain. Uh, but yeah, they, they're kind of making fun of it there because everything is a little expensive on the site. I went to it myself. Um, they got some really cool t-shirts and stuff there. But as far as the old consoles and the games go... You're going to pay top dollar. I mean, it's not like, um, you know, sometimes you can go on eBay and you can find good prices for stuff like that. But when it comes to Amazon, you're going to pay top dollar for, for purchasing things from Amazon. Yeah. But it's still, it's cool that they're actually kind of hopping on the retro bandwagon and making this whole separate store. Like I'm looking at it right now and you know that some seeing some of the stuff just takes me back. I, I'm especially interested, probably just as much if not more than the actual games are the like the t-shirts and the yeah. toys. I really like these Nintendo t-shirts on here uh, with the uh, the the old uh, Nintendo controller on it that says "Keep It Classic." I really want that shirt. Yeah, there's some good ones on here. I'm looking at the. They've got some uh, amiibos. They've got action figures, plush toys. Um, looks like they've got books, all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah, and you can still find your retro systems and stuff. Like right now, you can get the Retro Bit Retro Duo Twin Video Game System for forty two dollars. Um, which those are actually kind of okay if um, if you don't have a Nintendo or Super Nintendo, you can always go get an old retro console like that. Uh, to kind of get your feet wet, you know, to get back into the old console market uh, and then move your way back up to the original consoles and stuff like that. Uh, and most of the consoles, like the Retrons and things of that nature, um, they'll run you a couple hundred bucks, but they're also HDMI. So the, mm -hmm. that's something worth looking into. No, for sure. But our other news story comes to us from ScreenRant.com. Nintendo sold more than 2 million SNES classics in a month. Hint, hint, make more. <laughs> yeah. After launching the SNES Classic in Europe and North America in September, Nintendo has already sold over 2 million of the bite-sized retro consoles. Needless to say, nostalgia for the 90s is more popular than ever. The fact that 2 million Nintendo fans would scoop up a miniature replica console in its first month of life isn't very shocking, but the fact that Nintendo was able to produce that many so quickly is. Last year's NES Classic was incredibly difficult to come by, and despite increased stock with the SNES iteration, it hasn't been very easy to just walk in a store and buy one either. However, Nintendo promises more SNES Classics are coming. That's crazy. Two million consoles in a month. And even the Switch is selling incredibly well, so... 
you know, Nintendo is, it seems like they are on the upward trend. Yeah, I think Nintendo is going to conquer this Christmas season. Oh, for sure. Especially if they release like another batch of these around like maybe a month from now. Yeah. And, well, you, you know, you've got you've got Mario Odyssey out now. You've got Breath of the Wild out now. You, you've got and a couple of other games as well, like Mario Kart. You, you've got a decent lineup for the Switch to be able to do like multiple bundles, I think. Yeah. Like, I, I don't they didn't have the option for the Breath of the Wild bundle when you got the Switch, did they? No, I looked for it. I even looked online to see if they had it, had one at Best Buy, which is right next door to the Target where I live. Um, and if they had the the Breath of the Wild uh, bundle, I would have just hopped over there and gotten one, but they didn't have it. So I just went ahead and bought them separately, um, <clears throat> which the only thing that really separates the bundle from buying them separately is when you get a bundle, you get the the carrying case, which I'm not really, you know, I don't plan on taking my Switch anywhere, so I really don't need a case for it. Yeah. No, that, that's that's totally understandable. Yeah, it's um, it, it's insane to think about with this whole SNES thing. You know, two million consoles in a month. But but it's it's like we've been saying, and one of the reasons why we do this show is that you know people crave nostalgia. They love those things that they grew up with because it reminds them of simpler things and mm-hmm. simpler times and when they were kids and. All they had to worry about was playing video games. Yes, yes, yes. That's why we need more Nintendo. And like I said, that's what I was looking for. Yesterday was a Super Nintendo Classic, but I ran across a bunch of Switches, and I was like, you know what? There's no telling if these are going to sell out and if they're going to when when they're going to have more. So that's why I made the purchase. So just go ahead and get it. You know, for sure. But uh, but let's go ahead and move into this month in video game history. In November of 1983, Sega releases Astron Belt in the United States. I don't know about you, but I've never heard of Astron Belt. Not at all. I guess I, I could know, look it up. Wikipedia. I know nothing about this Astron Belt. Let's see. Astron Belt. Sega. Uh, see, it's an early Laserdisc video game and third-person space combat rail shooter released in 1983 by Sega in Japan and licensed to Bali Midway for release in the United States. It's commonly cited as the first ever Laserdisc game. Uh, yeah, it says here that, uh, however, it, uh, its release in the United States was delayed due to several hardware and software bugs, by which time Dragon's Lair had beaten it to pub- public release. Sucks for them. Yeah, sucks to be you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, November 1st, 1984, Namco releases Grobda, a spinoff from Xevious. Uh, I have not heard of this one either. Don't you love the days when you had all these weird video game names? Yeah. Like, I, I Grobda, like, what, what did they just, like, throw letters together or and see what it spells? Now, they were probably drunk. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, November 1st of 1990, Mega Man 3 is released in the U.S. Uh, well, what can you say about Mega Man other than Mega Man is freaking awesome? So I've heard. I, I, I play a little bit of Mega Man, you know, as I've mentioned before. But yeah, we've been it, known it, to talk a little yeah, bit about Mega Man on this show. Yeah, every, every now and then. 
Uh, November 21st, 1990, Nintendo releases Super Mario World and F-Zero in Japan as launch titles for the Super Famicom. Super Mario World introduced Yoshi and F-Zero introduced Captain Falcon. What what can you say about those those two games? You know, I know you reviewed F Zero a few mm-hmm. weeks ago, and Mario World I think was like my second review. It was like my second or third review on this entire show because we had the we had the debate with mm-hmm. Mario World and Mario Brothers Three. Which was better, Super Mario Brothers Three or Super Mario World? And I think the debate still rages on. Yeah, I mean, the, when it comes to the 2D games, they're really like one A, like one and one A to me, yeah. or one A and one B. Like they're there's they're similar, but they're different enough. And I, I think it's just it comes down to whichever one you had the most sentimental value with growing up. Yeah, and that's the problem with me is I had sentimental uh, attachment to both. So yeah, <laughs> but I still think three edges it out for me because just just for the sheer fact that it was revealed on the wizard, I think is what edges it out for me. Uh, it's been a while since we've had the wizard reference I on know. here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what's what's funny is um, I, I was talking with a couple of friends on Facebook about uh, doing a possible like favorite childhood films roundtable for my for my show. Mm. And people were posting like different films that they watched that I had never heard of. And I was like, okay, I've got all of you beat on this one. And I just post the trailer to the wizard and I'm like, <laughs> done. Uh, yeah. And actually that was a, uh, that was kind of, that was a storyline on the Goldbergs. I just watched not too long ago, something about the wizard. Uh, I don't remember what it was, but I just, I love that show. The Goldbergs. Have you seen that show? I have not. Oh my God. You've got to go back and watch it from season one. It's on Hulu and it's basically the wonder years for our generation. I'll have to go back. I've, I've heard good things, but yeah, I'll, I'll go back and check out an episode at some point. It's so good. And then there's an episode where, uh, he's, he's almost going to beat uh legend of Zelda and, he runs, he pauses it right before the end of the game so he could go grab his video camera and uh, film himself finishing the game. Uh, but uh, I'm not going to spoil it for you. You just have to see it. Let's just say he uh, I has can a, already tell I'm going to feel bad. For let's just kid. say he has a dopey older brother. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, yes, go watch the, the Goldbergs. It's well worth it. Uh, but on November 21st, 1991, Nintendo releases The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past for the Super Famicom in Japan. One of my favorite games of all time. Oh, for sure. It's, I think when it comes to just retro gaming, it's easily in like my top three of all time. Easy, easy, easy. That, um, Star Tropics and probably Super Mario Brothers 3, I'd say, are, are my top three probably. Mine would be Ocarina of Time, Link to the Past, and probably Mario World would be my would be my three. That's a solid three. But yeah, that's uh that's it for this month in gaming history. And you know what that means? Derek's gotta talk about books. Cause I actually have one to recommend this week. Really? <laughs> So for you, the listeners of the Nerd Cave Retro Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Now, I've mentioned over the last few weeks that I'm kind of getting back into that Star Wars frame of mind again. 
there was a book I had mentioned that hadn't came out yet called The Legends of Luke Skywalker. Well, it was released at the end of October, so I get you know my nice notification from Audible, your pre-order is now available. So being excited about it, I immediately download it and start listening to it. And I'll give a description of what the book is about because it's not what you would think. As a cargo ship rockets across the galaxy to Canto Bight, the deckhands on board trade stories about legendary Jedi Knight Luke Skywalker. But are the stories of him true or merely tall tales passed from one corner of the galaxy to another? Is Skywalker really a famous Jedi hero, an elaborate charlatan, or even part droid? The deckhands will have to decide for themselves when they hear the legends of Luke Skywalker. So it's literally a collection of stories that these these deckhands have heard about Luke. Oh. And, but <laughs> I will but I will say this, it's actually not that bad. Hmm. The the concept of it is actually pretty interesting. Again, it's it's not what I thought of at all. I thought it was going to be like a a collection of stories of that that Luke had done between Jedi and Force Awakens. And some of it is that in a way, but it's it's not exactly that. But See, I thought it was going to be like an anthology, like uh, you know, the Han Solo adventures or uh, Tales from Moss Eisley or Tales of the Bounty Hunters, something like that. That's what I thought too. But it, it's actually pretty interesting. Right. So I, I don't I don't know if you would like it or not, but you know, I had already pre ordered it, so I had it anyway. So. I, I, I personally enjoy it. I would listen to maybe a sample of it before you like spend money or spend a credit on it. But I think it's worth at least looking into. All right. Well, I'll let you uh, finish it and give your, your final opinion. And then I'll, I'll, I'll save my purchase for then. Okay. But to do that, uh, go to audibletrial.com slash nerdcave. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash nerdcave for your free audiobook. And this week we're going to be talking about So my review this week is Star Fox 2, the never-before-released-until-the-SNES classic game uh, that was originally made for the Super Nintendo. But I remember, the funny thing about this game, I remember playing the original Star Fox and then Nintendo Power doing a story about Star Fox 2. And it even had you know photos from the game, and then just nothing happened with it heard nothing else about it for for months upon months and then i think a year or two went by and i was like whatever happened to that star fox that star fox sequel and sure enough the game was just canceled which i thought was really interesting but it was put on the snes classic and this was honestly the game i wanted to play the most because you know it being never before released I wanted to see the differences between that and the original ones. 
And there are some pretty major differences that I'll get into in a second, but uh, Star Fox 2 is a video game developed for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System by Nintendo and Argonaut Software. Cancelled shortly before its planned release in 1996, it was to be the sequel to Star Fox. The game continues the Star Fox team battles against Andros, who seeks to conquer the Lilat system. The game introduces semi-real-time gameplay featuring new ship types and two new Star Fox team members, and it also features a more advanced 3D game engine. Although Star Fox 2 was complete, Nintendo canceled the 1996 release due to the impending launch of the Nintendo 64, the desire to use the most advanced system available for a new Star Fox game. Though it was unreleased, various prototype ROM images have leaked online. And then uh, in 2015, lead programmer Dylan Cuthbert stated he had possessed a fully mastered ROM image but could not release it for legal reasons. And then, of course, it was released on the Super NES Classic on September 29th of this year. So if they didn't want to release this because they didn't want any sort of uh, competition with the Nintendo 64 that was coming out, uh, which arguably had you know, better 3D graphics than the Super Nintendo could do. Why didn't they just port this over to the Nintendo 64? And you would think that this game would actually be better served with the Nintendo 64 controller. Am I mistaken by saying that? I don't think so. No, I think that's an interesting point because they ended up making a game for the Nintendo 64 Anyway, <clears throat> excuse me. But not this game. I mean, this game was completely no. finished. Why would they just can this whole game when they had it completely finished? It wouldn't it wouldn't have taken much to get it ported over. I mean, they own no. everything. No, you're right. I it, it made no sense to me, you know, even back then because I remember reading on you know, reading on the internet that the game was done. They just never released it. And I'd always wanted to play it, but could never find like a, a ROM of it or anything. And then I was really excited when they announced it for the SNES Classic. But some of the differences with this and the original Star Fox, it, it plays almost like a completely different game. Mm -hmm. Basically what you do, it, it, to, for those who have never played Star Fox, you start out on Corneria, which is like your, your home base, and you fly through the, the the world, you know, you shoot down enemy ships and you fight a boss at the end. Then you fly out into space to other planets to, you know, uh, asteroid belts, etc. And you do the same thing. But with this game, you start out at Corneria, but you're protecting it from enemy missiles and ships that are flying on the, the main map. And every time you move they'll move closer to the planet. So you have to fly to like a missile cluster and then you go to like a little, what's the right way to describe it? It's basically like a little open area in space and you're having to shoot down the missiles. And once you do, it says mission complete. Then you go back to the main map. There might be an enemy base on another planet. So then you'll fly to that and you'll just be in like your, your one central area you shoot down a certain number of ships, you fly into the base. The cool thing about this is this introduced, uh, well, I, it would have introduced if it had been released, but uh, you could transform your R-Wing into like a, like a land walker. Like you could actually walk with your ship, like you're, basic, you're based on the ground. 
yeah. and that's how you destroy the enemy bases as you you walk in you find the core shoot it and then fly out and then you once that's done it says mission complete you go back to your map and you basically you have to destroy everything and then you fly to venom and fight andros it's a really really short game i beat this game in maybe an hour really it's really really short Huh. But it, I, I will say they took this element because I, as I was playing it, I kept thinking about this other Star Fox game. They used the same model for the DS game uh, called Star Fox Command. The, the gameplay is very similar to how Star Fox 2 was. So I wonder if they just took those elements and were like, OK, we'll, we'll just make a, a DS or a portable Star Fox game based like this. Yeah. It seems like this game would have taken a lot longer since you have, you know, ships and missiles actually going towards your home planet. You know, that would divert you from having to do the main mission and getting through the game too quickly. You would think that, but you don't even like if you look at the screenshot of the map. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. On the Wikipedia page. When you're playing the game, you don't have to go to all those planets. Really? Really? It's just ones that are under attack or have an enemy base. You Then you fly to it, destroy the base, and then you leave. Hmm. You see, that? I think that's maybe where they kind of maybe went wrong. You should have to visit every single one of these planets to, like, maybe blow up a base or, you know, get some resources or something like that. Yeah. So, something to make the game a little longer. I mean, an hour? Really? Yeah, it, it, it was... It was a really, really short time. Some of the cool things about this game, though, is that it did introduce uh, the Star Wolf team, which is basically like the main rivals of the Star Fox team. It's literally four uh, independent pilots who were employed by Andros to take down the Star Fox team. And I've always liked the I've always liked the Star Wolf characters from these games because they're kind of the the anti Star Fox. Yeah. You know, there's the same number of of uh, of people, but they all have completely different personalities. And I, I like seeing the eight of them interact with each other. Like even in like Star Fox 64, when you're first introduced to Star Wolf, you know, you have to you have to shoot all four of them down. And, um, you know, the other three members like Wolf, their, their leader will be chasing you. And then other members of the Star Wolf team will be chasing other members of your team. So you have to help them out, gun them down. But this in Star and Star Fox 2, you randomly just run into the members of Star Wolf and you just have to do like one on one ship fights with them. Hmm. So it's I, I'm not going to lie, even though they say the game is complete, it feels like it's, it's still not. it feels like it's not. Yeah, that's what I've been like. Everything you've said, I'm just like it. Just feels like maybe an alpha version of the game. Like you know, it's yeah. it's the basic idea of what the game needs to be, but just not fully fleshed out or realized. Yeah. No, I I completely agree. So it, what it, you- is. What did you think about having to complete the first mission of Star Fox in order to unlock Star Fox 2? I thought that was fine. 
You know, I I didn't mind going back and playing Star Fox again. I, so I, I listened to a lot of uh, video game podcasts. I mean, not a lot, but the few that I listened to, some of the people were pretty aggravated that they had to go play the first level of Star Fox just to play Star Fox Two. I mean, I can see it, but like I said, I was going to go back and play through Star Fox anyway. Yeah. So if anything, it gave me incentive to to do that. Because I, I want to go through and play all the games on it, so I I, I, I can kind of see how people would get frustrated, but I really don't think it's that big a deal. Yeah. But all in all, like it's tough for me to give this game like a a number rating because it just feels incomplete. I mean, I would probably give it. If this was 1996, what would you give it? Because it I know 19- that. I know that the 20 year difference is really going to cloud the judgment because you have known this. I mean, you have nostalgia for Star Fox, but this is a different game. Something that has been basically legend for the past 20 years. You know, nobody had ever seen this game. All, all we had was the Nintendo Power pictures of this game, and then it just disappeared. So, you mm-hmm. know, you don't have any of that nostalgia. But if this had come out in 96, what would you have given it then? Probably like a six or a seven. Really? Yeah. I think now I would probably give it maybe a five, maybe a six. Because one thing I will say is that the the controls are are not the greatest. Because just flying in this little, you know, enclosed area, even though you're out in space, you feel like you're kind of cramped in this spot where you're having to gun down like a member of Star Wolf or a missile cluster. And the controls are a little clanky, so I, I would I would give this game probably not having any sentimental value to it. I would probably give it like a solid five. Yeah, because uh, you know I I don't have a Super Nintendo Classic, uh, and I don't have this uh, original game. Uh, I did play Star Fox back when it first came out, and I remember liking it then. And being really, really blown away by the the graphics and, you know, the gameplay. But I just don't know, you know, if I played it now, would it hold up? I mean, I'm interested to know because I I will eventually get a Super Nintendo Classic. And if I ever find Star Fox on this, uh, just an old uh, cart of it, I would pick it up. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I... I really don't have the nostalgia for it because it was sort of towards the end of my, you know, video game playing time around those years between like 95 to like 2000 was kind of a dead period for me for video games. So I, I think if I was to go back and play this, I would probably be sorely disappointed with it. Yeah, some of the reviews I've read have said this game probably deserved to be canceled. Yeah, I've heard that a lot. I, I've heard people say that it's, it's you know, the idea was there. But like you said, you know, it, I've heard other people say that it only took them like an hour to finish it. And that just seems half-baked to me. Yeah, yeah, it's, like I said, just, the, I like the concept of it but they needed to add more to it and improve the controls of it. And then I think it would have been a really solid game, but 
with it being so short and kind of frustrating as far as controls go, you know, I, I, I can't really give it that high of a score. Yeah. Uh, it says here yeah. also that uh, producer Shigeru Miyamoto wanted a clean break between 3D games on the consoles. Nintendo also wanted to avoid comparisons with 3D games on the more powerful PlayStation and Sega Saturn consoles. And, you know, people always talked about that, you know, the PlayStation was a more powerful console. Uh, and I never played a Sega Saturn. But honestly, I never really saw much of a difference in the graphics between uh, the Nintendo 64 and the PlayStation. I mean, maybe if I saw them today uh, and really compared them, uh, like we wanted to do with uh, with Resident Evil, uh, Resident Evil 2, you know, we were talking about, like, I would love to get uh, a, ver a PlayStation version of it so I can compare the PlayStation version with the Nintendo 64. But I never really saw that much difference in the, the graphics of those machines. I mean, I always thought the Nintendo 64 actually had more power than the PlayStation did. Yeah, there, there's really not a huge difference, you know, at least that I've seen. It's like today when people are, you know, uh, 4K. I'm like, look, I can only see so well anyway. So, <laughs> you know, 4K really doesn't do it for me, you know, like 1080 is fine. It's fine. It's like when people talk about, you know, Dolby Digital surround sound and this crystal clear audio. I'm like, my hearing sucks anyway. Yeah, I'm so... <laughs> I'm actually hearing yeah. impaired, so it really doesn't matter to me. <laughs> I watch everything with captions anyway. Uh, I I do the same thing for the most part. <laughs> but yeah, it, and now people are talking about like 8K and 12K. I'm like, they actually, uh, I think Steve Wise was telling me not too long ago, they actually have a camera that they're releasing that's something like 18K or something like that. And it's, I'm like, that's just ridiculous. Like one frame of movie would fill an entire like uh, terabyte hard drive. Like, yeah. why would you need anything that, you know, that much information? Like, why? Here's a question. We went from 1080 HD to 4K. What happened to 2K? Yeah. I mean, I'm fine with 1080. My TV is 1080. It looks fantastic, dude. Legend of Zelda looks beautiful. Oh, doesn't TV. it? Oh, my God. And everybody's like, oh, we're going to get the new Xbox. It's 4K. Like, really? Why? May, I'm, am I just old now? Is that what it is? Is that just my old man coming out? No, it's just logic. I mean, dude, I'm still playing my Super Nintendo and my Nintendo and Nintendo 64. Dude, I've got an old uh, CRT television that I play it on. And you know what? It looks fine. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> I did, yeah, I, it's, it's keep, fine. You keep your 4K. <laughs> Get off my lawn. <laughs> uh, that's too good. Uh, but I think it's time to go ahead and start wrapping this one up this week. What do you say? Yeah, I do. I do want to talk about a couple of quick things yes. real quick before we wrap up. So, uh, first of all, everyone should check out my interview with Joey Image on the Derek Great Diamond Experience interview. that I released this past Thursday. Great interview. It, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Like, cause he's interested in like a lot of the things that I am. So the conversation was easy. Oh yeah, he's always a good guest to have. Yeah, so definitely go check that out. And this Tuesday. 
on Facebook Live at 7.30 p.m., I will be broadcasting my first live roundtable. For those who may not know what I mean by roundtable is about a year and a half ago, I implemented uh, what I call the roundtables into my show, meaning that I invite a few friends on and we just talk about, you know, whatever it is, the topic that we decide on. You know, we've done Ninja Turtles, Disney World, uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We did a Star Wars one uh, before Rogue One that I had to split into two parts because the entire recording session was three hours. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we were recording till midnight that night. Wow. It, it was insane. But this Tuesday, we're doing what we're calling the Haters Club Roundtable, meaning that myself and five other guests will be talking about pet peeves and things that we hate. I love it. And it will be broadcast on Facebook Live, so feel free to watch. And if you guys want to throw in your pet peeves and things that you hate, just submit it and we'll talk about it. Dude, we need to It'll start be a whole new podcast. Just call it Pet Peeves. And every week we'll just have different guests on and just talk about things that just make us mad. <laughs> oh, I've I've got I've compiled a list, especially since my vacation. So it, it's it's gonna be it's going to be, I think, if it goes the way I think it will, I think it's going to be one of the most well-received podcasts that I've done. Because I like, so I, I know as soon as I texted you and told you, you said you love the idea. There's oh, several yeah. people I've told who have said they love the idea. So um, just find the Derek Diamond Experience on Facebook, and uh, we'll be broadcasting live this upcoming Tuesday, which is November 7th at 7.30 p.m. Awesome. And uh, also this week on the Pop Culture Palette, uh, Stephanie's back, and we talked about her trip out to TwitchCon and Disneyland. So that was a great episode. Uh, and I think next week, I'm, I can't not do this because it it sucked my life away for a while. Ever since I got it at the, uh, the um, flea market a few weeks ago, I have to do Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. I have to do it. It's so good. Awesome. So that's what I'm talking I'm, about next week. I'm looking forward to that one. That one's going to be a really good review. But uh, but other than that, I think we can go ahead and get out of here. Let me go ahead and start our music here. Ah, there we go. If you would like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We're also on nerdcaveretro.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro. You can follow us individually on Twitter at jfunktastic and at Derek underscore diamond. And we're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. So Derek, tell them what it's all about. Do a barrel roll. And may the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. Sorry, in honor of uh, Breath of the Wild, I had to steal your line there, Derek. <laughs> oh, it's all good. It's all good. It's there to steal. <laughs> You've been listening to a Nerd Cave Network production. 